Hey, short waivers. Just a heads up, this episode contains frequent and mildly graphic mentions of poop, but it's for science. It may not be appropriate for some settings, but it will cause giggles in children and adults like me. You're listening to Shortwave from NPR. When I was a toddler, I swallowed a penny. Don't judge. My mom was actually extremely worried, and she took me to the doctor, and she even called relatives in Taiwan for advice. When Dr. Andy Tag was a toddler, he swallowed a Lego. Pretty sure it had been one of those tiny little flat blocks, and I thought, well, that's it. Just put it in your mouth and try and get your teeth between the little pieces. Andy is an emergency physician at Western Health in Melbourne, Australia. He says that pediatricians get anxious parents in their offices a lot. We see it every almost every day at work in the Mm. emergency department. And I think it's a lot of it, it's about fear and not knowing what things are going to do to you. So sure, you can tell parents one by one, they probably don't need to come to the hospital, they don't need to dig through their kid's poop. But Andy and five other pediatricians wondered, is there an easier way to reassure all parents out there with science? So they conducted an experiment and people took notice because it wasn't just me and Andy that swallowed things. I very possibly could have swallowed like a Lego head or a coin or something, but what I loved to swallow was gum. That's science journalist Sabrina Imbler. They wrote about this study in an article headlined, An Oral History of the Time Six Doctors Swallowed Lego Heads to See How Long They'd Take to Poo. Yeah, you heard that right. Andy and his five pediatrician friends decided the best way to convince anxious parents was to do exactly what kids do. So these are six doctors uh, based in either the UK or Australia, and each of them swallowed a Lego head. Um, So they wanted to basically see like how long it took to swallow and uh, excrete a plastic toy. So what was their goal in ingesting these objects? Like what public service message were they trying to get out there? They were hoping to prevent lots of parents from needless gross hours of searching through poop to find things that their children could otherwise like very easily pass through their stools because they all worked in pediatric emergency. They've all seen like panicked parents come to them at odd hours of the night saying like, my child swallowed a coin and like parents bringing like bags of stools to the office and saying like, I've searched, but I can't find them or like, can you search? And so they wanted to sort of dispel that fear among many parents. Today on the show, the journey of six Lego heads and what comes out on the other side. I'm Regina Barber, and you're listening to Shortwave, the daily science podcast from NPR. Here at Shortwave, we love to get into the messiness of science. If you appreciate hearing about our messy bodily wonders, then sign up for NPR+. It means you get the show ad-free, and you know you're contributing to our ability to find that proverbial Lego head amidst all the other dirt. If you're already a subscriber, thank you for your support. Find out more at plus.npr.org shortwave.
So we have these six pediatricians across the UK and Australia on a mission to ease parents' worries about kids swallowing everyday objects. But they have another goal in mind as well, raising awareness about a different kind of hazard. Button batteries are very small batteries that go inside remotes or watches and uh, they are very superficially similar to a coin. Um, and so in Australia, there had been a couple of high profile incidents of kids swallowing button batteries and getting hospitalized, um, because button batteries can actually burn through an esophagus in a couple of hours. Uh, so they're very, very dangerous, very different from swallowing a coin or a Lego head. These pediatricians wanted parents to know that yes, some objects are basically fine to swallow and your kids will pass them in a day or so but some objects aren't, and it's important to know the difference. Andy and the other researchers also had a third goal in mind, a silly one. They wanted to get sort of a funny paper into this very famous journal called the Christmas BMJ. Every year, this uh, very prestigious, very old medical journal, um, the BMJ. Or the British Medical Journal. Publishes a Christmas issue where they just do a lot of satirical papers. So um, I read a lot of them when I was reporting this story. And my favorite one was this like very serious evaluation of Dr. Brown Bear on Peppa Pig. Um, yeah. Dr. Brown Bear is like the resident GP. He attends to all of the little creatures in Peppa Pig's world. Um, but he does a lot of like unnecessary house calls. Like there was this um, little fox that coughed three times in one day and like Dr. Brown Bear like turned on the emergency sirens and like made an urgent house call. Um, and the paper in the BMJ issue basically said, you know, this is an inefficient use of medical funds. Like and there was another one that was about what brands of chocolate last the longest in waiting rooms. Um, so just, you know, sort of silly subjects approached with a scientific rigor. So like, is, is it a big deal to get a story in the Christmas BMJ? Like, why were they so excited to get a story in that? From what I understand, it is an enormous deal. Working in pediatrics and working in medicine in general just is so hard and is so arduous and so much of your work, I think, can be these very emotional moments where you're like working with children who are sick or, you know, in have been harmed in some way. And it just is this kind of like one moment of the year where professionally, like you can have fun <laughs> and you can bring some levity to what otherwise can be like a really difficult profession. Okay, so you're saying that this is their goal and they're they're trying to get in the BMJ. What happens? So first they come up with the parameters of the study. Um, they think about the fact that everyone poops, but everyone poops differently. <laughs> so they come up with some uh, ways of standardizing sort of like how they would determine what retrieval looks like for each of the, the pediatric healthcare professionals on the paper. First, they have everyone for like three days um, just track the frequency of their stools to understand like how often are you pooping? Like what is the consistency of your poops? Like what is the cult? Like just to get to know your poops. Before the experiment, they needed to make sure everyone swallowing the heads were having good and similar regular bowel movements. So the researchers came up with two measurements to standardize their poops. They gave these measurements acronyms, SHAT and FART. SHAT stands for Stool Hardness and Transit Score. And FART stands for Found and Retrieved Time. Gold. Amazing. <laughs> Next, the researchers tackled a bigger, stinkier question. 
what's the best way to find an object that might be hidden inside a poop? And they sort of brainstormed different methods, but they decided against sort of standardizing it. They were like, we'll just all use our own method. But on the same morning, they all swallowed their Lego head. Okay, now for the yucky part. The time has come to start searching. I remember in your piece, there was one researcher who said that the Lego head was just there in the poop. He didn't even have to look for it. It was just staring back at him. It was. It was like just, I think, emerging (laughs) out of one part of the poop. (laughs) Yeah. Great. So can you tell us a little about, like, the searching for the poop? Like, that seemed very easy, but I know that the other researchers had more of a hard time. Everyone sort of had their own method. One person collected their poop, put it inside, like, a cardboard barf bin, and then sort of mashed it up. Um, Another person, uh, the first time he tried, I think, put his poop through a sieve. Oh, I know. I read that. Oh, so bad. (laughs) It was like a beloved family baking sieve, um, the best sieve they had. And then, of course, was just like ruined by the poop. Um, Yeah. I think he was just like inside (laughs) his uh, family home bathroom, just sieving his poop. And that was awful. Another one of the pediatricians uh, came up with what was later determined to be the best strategy, which is you put your poop inside a plastic bag, like a Ziploc bag, you seal it, and then you just mash it up. So you are sort of insulated from the smell. You are not actually touching it. um, And it's pretty easy just to sort of (laughs) smush your hand against it and just see if anything hard is there. And then one researcher, (laughs) I think, influenced by the fact that one of the people to find their poop the earliest just sent this photo of like a log with a little yellow head poking out of one end, which is like, oh, I'll see it if it comes out. And so his method of looking for his Lego head was just sort of look like taking a good peek um, at the poop in the bowl and then flushing if he didn't see anything. Okay. So he, he, so he never found it. No. So they're all, you know, sharing their results over the Slack group. They're like, found it, like found it. And pretty soon it's apparent that five doctors have found their Lego head and one has not. And (laughs) some days pass, they're sort of like, okay, like we'll just trust Damien to, you know, to self-report when it becomes necessary. And then at some point, you know, Damien goes to the Slack group and he's like, guys, like, I still haven't found my head yet. Um, And the rest of the doctors sort of um, chat and they're like, well, search for two weeks. Like, just just search for two weeks. Poor Uh, guy. And so for two weeks, he looks at his poop. But he never once, like, smushes it. He just kind of looks at it. So it's more just like... I don't know, contemplating a poop rather than like mashing it (laughs) in a barf bowl. Um, And then after two weeks, they say that he can stop looking. Right, right. So they're all hoping to publish in this Christmas uh, issue. But does that happen? So after the poop searches have um, been completed, they all hop into like a communal Google Doc and they all write up the paper together, which is how they write up a lot of their things. And they send it to the Christmas BMJ. They are so excited. Fingers crossed. (laughs) They are pretty immediately rejected, um, (laughs) which is a huge bummer because as they learn, the paper wasn't rejected on grounds of like being too foolish. It just didn't actually fit the criteria of the Christmas BMJ um, because the 
BMJ does not allow for self-experimentation on healthy individuals. And so like swallowing Lego heads is like six healthy doctors to see how long it takes them uh, for to poop the Legos out didn't actually qualify for the issue. So they've put in all this work and all of this like poop intimacy uh, into this journal that they actually never could have published in. So they just start sending it out to other places because they are excited about the paper. They think it's fun. They think it's going to be helpful. Um, they get some more rejections, but eventually they land it in the Journal of Pediatrics and Child Health. Um, and they are very ecstatic that it's found a home. And um, the uh, yeah, I think the editors of that journal were like, sure, <laughs> go ahead. We see what you're doing here. <laughs> What was the reception like? The reception was, I think, beyond anything any of the pediatric healthcare professionals could have anticipated. Like, they get a bunch of media hits. Like, they have stories on a bunch of different websites, on, like, Live Science, on um, the BBC. They are mentioned in the late-night monologues of Jimmy Fallon. And, yeah, none of, like, none of them have ever written a study that appeared in, like, a late-night comedy monologue before. So it's huge. It's, like, the biggest spotlight that's been cast on their work before. And it's great because in these interview spots, like they can talk about the paper, the Lego heads and the poop, but they can also talk about button batteries, which is the larger, perhaps more important message to send out. In their opinions, how successful was it getting the word across? Have parents been listening? They still, you know, get a lot of the same question, right? Like a parent bringing in a photo of a poop, a parent bringing in a poop, a parent like panicked calling. But now at least they can say, I actually have done this on my like on myself and it took me 2 days to poop out my lego or at least like 5 of them can say that. <laughs> After covering this story and talking to all these researchers, like what are your takeaways from this research? I love whenever scientists or researchers are all friends and like have bits together. Um, and it was very, it felt very special to like learn about this group of researchers that for years, you know, across all these different continents, like have been just working together to like spread information that is helpful to their field. So much of scientific papers sort of like, I feel like they ripple out only to their fields and never really break past that. And this felt like such an effective way to do work that is really, really relevant to your specific field, but also just has this universal appeal and will make people, will make people like me like so interested. Sabrina, I want to thank you so much for talking to us and giving your sharing your enthusiasm for this everyday thing that we all do. Thank you for having me, Regina. It was a joy, as always, to talk about poop. <laughs> if you have a question about bodily functions or other ideas for the show, we want to hear it. Send us an email at shortwave at npr.org. Today's episode was produced by Margaret Serino, edited by Gabriel Spitzer, and fact-checked by Anil Oza. Valentina Rodriguez was the audio engineer. Rebecca Ramirez is our supervising producer. Brendan Crump is our podcast coordinator. Our senior director of programming is Beth Donovan, and the senior vice president of programming is Anya Grenman. I'm Regina Barber. Thanks for listening to Shortwave from NPR. Okay, you know that penny I swallowed? 
My mom actually told me that she cleaned it and still has it to this day. 